Yes. How many of y'all feel encouraged already? Listen, this is why we have to assemble. This is what I've been talking about. This is what's been frustrating me. The Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Let me tell you something. In the last 10 minutes, Nikki Joe, this is the most positive I felt all week. So much negativity, so much criticism, so much evil that we have to work around and live around and operate around. He says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, but exhorting one another. That means encouraging, lifting up, holding up. I'm telling you, I feel encouraged already. How many of y'all remember? You probably won't, but I'll remind you. The very first message I preached when we all came back together after the quarantine and all that, you remember what the title was? It's a big deal. Coming together, worshiping, it's a big deal. It's important. It's important. I posted something on Facebook that made several people mad. And that's why I posted it. If you can miss church and not miss it, something is wrong. Someone, someone posted, someone replied, uh, missing church doesn't mean you're walking away from your faith. They didn't read my whole post. I said, if you can miss it and not miss it, there's a problem. There's a problem. There's not, something's not right. Either you're so far away from God, it's scary, or you don't even have God. Because God put a magnet in you to be attracted to other people like you. It's called the Holy Spirit. That's why I can go to Canada and find another Christian and we feel like brothers. Don't even know them, but there's something in them that's in me. And we have something together. Are y'all with me? Amen. Amen. Grab your Bibles. Grab your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew chapter number 16. Matthew chapter number 16. It never ceases to amaze me how on time our Bible is. It is not antiquity. Listen, it is not an antique. It's an, it's not an antiquated, if that's a great word, if I said it right, piece of literature. It's not out of date. It's right on time. I was studying this chapter. I was studying this chapter and I'm thinking, dear God, it seems like it's just written for this year, right today. And, and so here's what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to skip the first few verses, uh, and we're going to get right on down to verse number 13. So go on down to verse number 13. Uh, I'll give you a brief, a brief review of the first few verses. We find the Pharisees confront Jesus again and they're wanting a sign. Jesus is tired of messing with them and he ain't going to give them no sign. They have chosen not to believe. They will not believe. It doesn't matter. How many signs has he already given them? How many people has he already healed? How many blind people are seeing? How many lame people are walking? All that they've seen already, if you don't believe by now, you're not going to believe. And so he quits fooling with them. He, this, is, this is now, he is spending intimate time with the, with the disciples that he has chosen. And now we see that he is fixing to get the most, the most interesting, the most important question that can ever be asked. 
Every bit of his ministry leading up to this point was for this chapter right here. Everything he has shown them, everything he has taught them, everything that he has done for them was to lead up to this chapter. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now let's look in verse 13. Are you there? Matthew 16, 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, Whom do men say that I the Son of Man am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? Whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, unto, and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my, my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. From that time forth, from that time forth, began Jesus to show unto his disciples thou that he must go unto Jerusalem and what's that word? Say it again. Suffer. Many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, a stumbling block. For thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man, if how many? Any, any man will come after me. Let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profit if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. Verily I say unto you, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I'm so grateful for your presence in this place. I'm so grateful to be gathered together with a, with a group of people who desire to feel your presence and to be encouraged and strengthened, Lord. I pray that you'll edify us today. I pray that you'll speak to us today. I pray that you'll convict us today, challenge us today. I pray that your perfect will be done. I pray that your mercy will be felt, and I pray that your glory will be exalted. God, don't let me say anything I shouldn't, and don't let me forget anything I should. Fill me with your sweet Holy Spirit and control everything that's done today. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people say it. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. I want to talk about following Jesus today. I want to talk about following Jesus. We have four points, so I need to, I need to go quickly through this. Uh, but there, there is a great misconception 
There is a great misconception when it comes to following Jesus in the hour that we live in the country that we live. I don't believe there's a misconception in foreign countries. I don't, I don't believe there's a misconception in persecuted countries, but I believe there is a great misconception in the United States. And I think part of the reason it's part of our fault as far as church leaders across this nation, uh, in an effort, in an effort to, uh, build our churches in an effort to uh, uh, fill our buildings in an effort to uh, do things that way in marketing and promotion and all of this kind of thing, we've kind of we've put out uh, some false advertising. We've kind of put out some false advertising. And, 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 and the way we have gone about doing things is I, I'm afraid that we have made mistakes in our efforts. We meant well. We meant well and we had good intentions but when all we ever did was coddle people and make it easier and easier and easier and more convenient and more convenient and more convenient, we have turned people into sissies. When we should have been developing soldiers, we've been developing sissies. So that any little thing will cause somebody to quit, to give up, to walk away. Listen, this prosperity preaching, this prosperity preaching where it's health, wealth, and prosperity, and if you're right with God and the will of God, everything will be peaches and cream and everything will be great and wonderful, that isn't even in the Bible. And so we have a large group of people in the American church who are misguided and there is a misconception so that now when things have turned just a little bit difficult, and I say a little bit because we cannot even still compare to what's happening in the Sudan, to what's happening in Nigeria, to what's happening in China, what's happening to the Christian church in North Korea. Uh, listen, it ain't even close. But yet we want to act like we're being persecuted. Now, I'm going I'm I'm to bring this right on through so y'all can either get with me. This is the truth. And we find an issue here. Jesus is saying, all right, boys, it's time. It's time. We need to, we need to figure out. We need to figure out what's up. Uh, you've heard the teaching. You've seen the miracles. You've seen the manifestation. You have seen and you have heard. I have given it all to you. Now it's time for you to decide. He said, whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? Well, some think you're one of the prophets. Some think you're John the Baptist come from the dead. Uh, uh, some, some think you're just, basically, all of them think he's a good guy. But they don't think he is who he said he is. Now, now this is, this is something that's really important. This is something that's really important. He said, I got an even more important question. Who do you say that I am? It doesn't matter what the world thinks. It doesn't matter who your parents say he is. You cannot get into heaven on your parents' belief or religion. You're not in good with God because your parents or family was in good with God. It's going to come down to what do you say? What do you think? Are y'all with me? Say amen. 
So if we're taking notes, I want you to write this down. I want you to write this down. Number one, what is the first thing we see? Now, what are we talking about? What's the title? Come on, everybody. I'm not asking you if you're a church member today. I'm not asking you if you're religious. I'm not asking you if you're a person of faith. I don't even know what that means. I've heard people say, well, I'm a person of faith. Faith in what? Your faith is only good as what the object of your faith is. Faith in faith don't mean nothing. So I'm not asking if you're a person of faith. I'm asking you today, are you following Jesus? I'm not asking if you were baptized. I'm not asking if you have given some offerings every now and then. I'm not asking if you've got a good church attendance record. I'm saying, are you a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ? And if you are, these things we will find. First of all, number one, I want you to see, we see a confession. We see a confession. If you're going to follow Jesus, you've got to believe Jesus is who he said he was. Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? You can't believe he's a good person. You can't believe he was a great prophet. You can't believe that he did great things and was just a man. You have to believe that he was the Christ, the Son of the living God. Peter, who do you say that I am? We believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he said, flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Somebody say amen. The Holy Spirit will come in and you confess him as Lord. Until you confess him as Lord in your life, you'll never know him. Look what it says. Look in your notes. Matthew 19, 32. Matthew 19, 32. Let's read it. Excuse me. 10, 32. Let's read it together. Whosoever. Let's all read. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. How many of y'all want him to confess you before his Father? Romans 10, 9. Read it with me. That if thou shalt confess, everybody, come on, real loud. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Somebody say amen. You say, well, what if we don't confess? Well, one day. According to Philippians chapter number two, wherefore God hath also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. One day Osama bin Laden is going to bow the knee and confess he is Lord. One day Hitler is going to bow the knee and confess him as Lord. One day, oh, get with me, church. You can either bow now or bow later, but honey, you're going to bow. And by the way, you don't have to confess him as Lord. He's already Lord. Somebody say amen. Whether you think it or not, whether you believe it or not, he is Lord of lords, kings of kings. Somebody say amen. But if you're going to begin a relationship with him, you must come to a realization in your heart, a realization in your life that he is who he said he is. You must confess and believe that he is the Lord Jesus Christ. He came, he died, he was buried, rose again the third day, and one day he's coming again. And all God's people say it. 
Following Jesus begins with a confession. Say that with me. Following Jesus begins with a confession. confession. Right in your notes. That means a new birth. A new birth. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. If you have confessed him, Lord, and your life has not changed, you have not radically changed from the inside out, something is desperately wrong. Somebody say amen. Amen. I got to hurry. Number two. Number two. We find not only... Do we see a confession? But watch this. Now we see a church. We see a church. He says, thou art Peter. And on this rock, I will build my my church. My church. You know what's involved in following Jesus? An assembly of believers. A church. A church was not a Christian's idea. A church was not some religious person's idea and put it together. And, and I've heard people, I've heard people uh, to the point I'm just so frustrated. I want to pray for them. <clears throat> I'm trying, Brother Brown. I'm trying. Amen. Well, I don't have to go to church to be a good Christian. Yes, you do. That's a lie from hell. Jesus built his church. Jesus died and paid for his church. He said, don't forsake the assembling in his church. When you confess him as Lord, the Lord puts you in a church. The word church is ecclesia. It means a called out assembly. An assembly, a gathering together. Are y'all with me? Look what the verses say. Acts chapter 2 verse 41. What happened? Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Added unto who? The original 140 believers that were praying. And watch what happened. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. You know what they did on a regular basis? They assembled. They came together. They Listen, they came together for fellowship. They came together for exhortation. They came together to encourage one another to hold on, keep on, keeping on. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Listen, God's given us a church. God's given us assembly of believers. Hebrews 10, 23. Hebrews 10, 23. Now watch this. Watch this now. Now I'm not saying what, don't, don't, don't be quoting me what, what your buddy said. If you're going to argue with me, get some Bible. Okay? Let me, let me lay a little Bible on you. Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without what? How many of y'all believe there's some folks wavering in the day we're living in? For he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another who broke unto love and to good works. Not. Oh, I lost some. I lost some right there. Help me. Not forsaking the what? Assembling of ourselves together. As the manner of some is. Some, Some people's already doing it. But exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. Now, now ha, listen, I, I, don't, I don't have to break these words down for you. 
I don't, I don't have, there's no plainer, there's no plainer English that you need to understand to know how important it is to gather together. Let me tell you something. Just a small bit of time that we were not able to gather together and fellowship one with another and see each other and greet each other and love each other put a huge dent, put a huge mark, if you will. It caused a problem in our micro churches. In our micro churches. Man, we were on fire. We were excited. People were getting saved regularly. I was talking to my daughter. I was talking to my daughter Friday night. And, uh, and, and she was sharing her, her uh, how because they had their microchurch on Friday night. I said, how'd it go? She said, man, it's good. She says, but it's just still not the same yet. And the guys that's, the guys that's in ours, we, we'd have to agree the same thing. It's growing back now. We're getting it back. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the temperament, the, the excitement level. And I, I'm, not, I'm not even just going to say it on microchurch. You got to admit, you got to admit, the day is a little unusual. Today, there's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of joy. There, there's a lot of this. But I'm telling you, it's taken a while to get it back. And if you don't think assembling together is important, and you don't think it has an effect on us, Think about the time that we were out of church and away from church. Uh, listen, even, I, I, I'm, I'm going to stretch out here. I'm going to stretch out here just a little bit. Brother Doug, you pray for me if I, I'm, I'm getting this wrong. But even heathen people that come to church were affected by church. I'm talking about unsaved people that just regularly attended, but they wasn't saved. I'm telling you, it, it affected the way they lived and behaved just by going and being around other Christians. And now everybody's angry. Now their violence is just rampant. I mean, you can't even, nobody's civilized. You're going to start a brawl if you go down the wrong way in the aisle at Walmart. I had one give me a dirty look and I was the one in the right. Let me tell you something. When I don't hang out with y'all, it affects me. Not for the good either. Let's admit it. Let's admit it. Everybody, y'all want to just admit it for just a minute? Let's all be honest a minute. It's hard to cuss in here, ain't it? Some of y'all, well. Don't well me. But you hang out with that crowd a while. And don't hang out with this crowd a while. See what happens. Y'all just all be, y'all might well take the halo down. I know who I'm preaching to. You might not say it, but you'll write it down and sign it. Hey, it's easy for me to live right around y'all. That's the point. Why do you think your grandmama told you, be careful who you hang with? Amen. Right after the confession, we see Jesus talking about a church. He's putting together, he's putting together a family. 
You see, we're, we're born again. And a baby needs a family. Are y'all with me? Now look. The confession represents a new birth. The church represents a new family. I need you and you need me. There's no long range of Christians. Listen, if you're, if you're a believer without a church family, you're an orphan. I looked up the definition of the word orphan. You know what it means? It means one deprived of protection or advantage. Think about that a minute. You see, your, your family gives you protection. Your, your family gives you provision. Your family gives you an advantage. Now, <clears throat> let, me, let me say this. I wished every family was, suppo- was the way they were supposed to be. But when I say some of these things, some of y'all, your family life wasn't that great. Matter of fact, some of your lives, I, I've already talked to you, was horrible. But I'm going to tell you this, a, a baby raised up in a whole family. A family that's together, that's loving, that's caring, the way it's supposed to be, the way God ordained it to be, has a great advantage over one who grows up and don't even know their family, don't even know their father. Why do you think the majority of men in prisons today are from fatherless homes? There is a great advantage of being part of an assembly. There's a great advantage of being, I cannot wait to get here. I cannot wait to hang out with you guys. I can't wait to sing with you guys. I was sitting over there listening to y'all sing, and I said, man, I missed this all week. This is so good. This is blessing me. And I'm telling you, by the way, the internet, I love all you guys out there, and I'm preaching to the choir because the people I really need to tell this to is already disconnected. They're not in here, and they're not watching out there. But those that you, you can't be here, you have a sickness, you have that, listen, stay connected any way you can. You desperately need what's happening in this place. If there is any way possible you can be in this building, you need to be in this building. But if you cannot, if it's impossible, stay connected. Keep on watching and keep just get what you can when you can. Because the first thing that Jesus starts talking about, Nicky Joe, just as soon as he made his confession, he begins to tell him about a church. As soon as they believed in Acts chapter number two, he connected them. He can, he, the, what is the Bible? What's the wording? He added unto them. He connected them with believers. You know what a baby Christian needs immediately? They immediately need to be connected to a church family. Somebody say amen. Now let's look at number three. Let's hurry. Let's hurry. Number one. Number one, we have a confession, which represents a new birth. That's salvation, right? If you're going to follow Jesus, it starts with getting saved. Obviously, it starts with believing in him. Amen. You're not going to follow him if you don't believe in him. Amen. Number one, a number one. All right. Which represents a. All right. Number two, a church, which represents a a new family. Number three. What do we see? A confrontation. A confrontation. Now, that's where we're going to get into the into the up to date. Now we're, we're going to get into the up-to-date application. 
As soon as Jesus told them about a church he is building, he begins to tell them about a new reality. He begins to tell them about a new reality. What is this new reality? It's fixing to get rocky. He said, boys, I got to tell you this. You have seen some incredible things. You have seen some awesome things. You have, it, it, it's been a pretty cool ride so far. But things are fixing to get a little bumpy. I'm, I'm going to have to go to Jerusalem and I'm going to have to suffer. Not only am I going to suffer, but I'm going to die. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that sermon being preached in several of the prosperity megachurches in the world today? Okay, I'm calling on you to die. Not, not, not God is going to bless you sevenfold if you put in a seed of $700. It's all favor. It's all blessing. That's what's being preached today. That's why the crowds are being attracted because people are attracted to themselves. What's in it for me? The Bible says in the last days they shall heap upon themselves teachers having each and ear. Just tell me what I want to hear. Tell me what's good for me. Tell me what's in it for me. But Jesus is saying, listen, long before Kennedy said, it's not what your country can do for you. It's what you can do for your country. Jesus said, deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. And we have a confrontation. Peter doesn't like this. Peter, Peter has a prosperity tent to him. Be it far from thee, this ain't going to happen to you. No, no, we're not all about that suffering stuff. We're about those miracles and making bread out of nothing and walking on water and healing the sick. We're about that, but don't be talking about suffering. Don't talk about tribulation. Don't talk about difficulty. Don't talk about sacrifice. Oh, no, we can't have that. He rebuked him. Can you imagine? He just got through saying, you're God. Now he's saying, you're wrong. (laughs) Read it, it's there. You know what that tells me? Humanity has an ability to be so right and then turn around and be so wrong. It also shows me something about ourselves. We want our cake and eat it too. We want our ticket to heaven, but we don't want, we want the crown, but we don't want the cross. And this is where I was going with that intro. I just got ahead of myself because I was all up in it. This is what I mean when I say we've, we've sold a false bill of goods to people. We've promised them blessings and favor. We've made it so easy. We've made the parking easy. We've made the seating easy. We've made it, uh, listen, we want to try to make everything so convenient. We just don't want you to have any excuse, any reason not to come. When God said, deny yourself, die to yourself. And we've turned people into sissies. Well, if I have to wear a mask, I'm just not going to go to church. 
Think about what that sounds like. There are people, there are people in in Asia. There are people in Korea. There are people in Vietnam who are having church in holes that they have dug to hide out from the government so they won't be shot. And you're going to... Are y'all with me? Now watch the response from Jesus. Watch the response from Jesus. Get thee behind me. Thou art an offense to me. What, what Jesus is saying, literally, literally, I mean, if you study it out, this is, now, now keep in mind, Jesus is in his humanity. He's all God, but he's all man too. And he is going to the cross. He knows what's ahead of him. He knows that he's going to suffer. And I mean, I mean, there's no way to describe the suffering that Jesus goes through. And he knows every single detail about that suffering and the pain he's fixing to feel. And, he, and somebody's trying to talk him out of it. It's hard enough on him as it is. You say, well, it wasn't hard on Jesus. Really? Then why'd he, why'd he pray so intensely and so hard that his sweat became as great drops of blood if it wasn't difficult? And he's saying, you're putting a stumbling block in front of me. It's hard enough as it is, Peter. Shut up! And then he says this. Then he says this. Let me tell you the problem. Peter, let me tell you what your problem is. Thou savorest the things of man and not the things of God. In other words, you're not looking at this through God's eyes. You're looking at it through your own eyes. You don't desire. The word savorest means to favor, to desire, to want. And you know what our problem today is? We're looking at our wants. We're looking at our desires. We're looking at the world through our eyes. We're looking at, and we have our own opinions and we have all of these things. But we're not looking through God's eyes. We're not understanding that God does not think like we think and God does not operate like we operate. This was God's plan. This was God's design. This was God's purpose. This was God's will. But Peter wanted his will. When's the last time we stopped and thought maybe this whole COVID thing is God's plan? He's thinning the herd, guys. You're seeing what's real and what's counterfeit. I believe in the perseverance of the saints. I believe the Bible teaches that the saints will shine brighter and brighter, not less and less. And maybe God's up to something. Let me read it. Let me read it. Some of y'all still, you don't like that. We see a new reality. John 16, These things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace in the world. How many of y'all are in the world? How many of y'all, y'all not in the world? Y'all are not in the world? Where are you then? We live in the world, right? Watch what it says. In the world ye shall have what? Now, let's go back up to A. What does tribulation mean? Tribulation means it's in your notes, people. Help me. The new reality, tribulation means affliction, anguish, trouble. Read it again. Affliction, anguish, 
trouble. He said, if you're a believer, this is what you're going to have. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to just, amen, preacher. I got my own amen. I don't need yours. Amen. Good preaching. <laughs> Acts 14, 22. Confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must through much what? Tribulation. Let me say it this way. We must through affliction, anguish, and trouble, much affliction, much anguish, much trouble enter into the kingdom of God. 2 Timothy 3.12. Yea, and how many? How many? All that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer what? Well. 2 Timothy 2, 3. 2 Timothy 2, 3. Thou therefore endure what? What? What is the definition of hardness? Look at the bottom of your page. Affliction. Hardship. Does that kind of sound like tribulation? So in the world, we're going to have tribulation. In the world, we're going to have trouble, affliction, anguish. We're going to have much affliction, anguish, and trouble. All that live godly will suffer persecution. You therefore endure hardness as a good. Look at your neighbor right now and say, don't be a sissy. All right, y'all enjoying that a little too much. Everybody look at me. It's not supposed to be easy. If following Jesus was easy, everybody would be doing it. You see what we've done? We've told people, we've just told people, oh yeah, just, just come and say this little prayer and everything's going to be great. You're going to have God's blessings. You're going to have, you know, you're going to have. Yeah, let, let me put it this way. How about this invitation? I want to invite everyone to come to this altar and receive some anguish. And I have affliction to offer you. But you know what? When you come to Jesus, that's what you're going to get. Well, why would we come to Jesus? It's better than the alternative. I'd rather have a little affliction now and a lot of heaven later. I'm not telling you this to discourage you. I'm not telling you this. I'm telling you to bring you into reality. I'm, I'm trying to tell you this so that when one little speed bump happens in this world, you don't go flying off the handle thinking the world's ending. This is nothing. Well, I think it's bad. I think the virus is bad. It is bad. It is bad. But this is nothing compared to being boiled in oil, to being beheaded, to being skinned alive, to be put in a cage and dropped in a swimming pool to where somebody can video you drowning. Yeah, that's really happened. That's a reality. 
So the next time you want to whine about anything, I want you to think about that a minute. Do you know why ISIS took those men and lined them up on the beach and cut their heads off? Because they would not renounce their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know why they took them to the top of buildings and threw them off of buildings? Because of their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we want to bow up and act silly. When we are, now I'll say this without any question, when we're inconvenienced. I'm going to tell you this, quit being a sissy. I don't like the way you're talking. That's fine. There ain't no problem. There's thousands of churches. Well, they're getting smaller by the day. You know why? Because we filled them with sissies. Be a soldier. Endure hardness as a good soldier. We'll never win a battle with sissies. Have you looked on the news lately? We are in a war for our country. This is no time to back down. This is no time to put your feelings on your shoulder. This is no time for sensitivity. This is a time that we endure hardness and we bow up and stand up and speak up. Church, say amen. Amen. Listen, we see a confrontation. There's a new reality. There's a new reality. Things are going to be difficult. Things are going to be tough. Following Jesus is not easy. Number four, we see a conclusion. We see a conclusion. We see a new expectation. We see a new expectation. What does he want out of me? I'm glad you asked. Because he, he told us. Everybody look at me. That's all you got to write. There ain't nothing else left. I think. There ain't nothing else left, is it? Oh, my goodness. What's missing? Miss Diane, what's missing? Okay. All right, let's read the verse. Let's read the verse. Look what it says. Look what it says. Verse number, verse number 24. If you want to know what Jesus expects out of you, if you're going to follow him, if you're going to follow him, then said Jesus unto his disciples, if, that means all of us. Think about it now. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Say it with me. Take up his cross and follow me. Let's read it again. Let him. All right, let's, let's, let, 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 let me go back. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Here's what I want you to write down. What's it take to follow Jesus? Number one, self-denial. Self-denial. The word deny. The word deny there means disown. It means disown. Let a man deny, what's that word? Himself. That means you're no longer the boss. 
you're no longer in charge. You no longer, watch this now, oh goodness, I hate to say this because we're so patriotic. You no longer have any rights. You no longer have any say in your life. Let a man deny himself. That means you come to the altar. The figurative altar. Are y'all with me? It, that's, where, that's where in the New Testament, remember, remember where the Bible says that we offer ourselves a living sacrifice. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. We offer ourselves a living sacrifice. What does that mean? That means when you sacrifice something, they die. They die. They surrender. They totally self-deny. They totally surrender. And it's not, listen, everything is there. Your dreams die. Your desires die. Your wants die. Your wishes die. It's not about you anymore. It's not about your hopes and your dreams anymore. I know what you're saying. Well, I don't like that. You know, the Bible says if you'll delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. He will transplant your worldly desires with his godly desires and your happiness will be exponentially higher than they ever was when you tried to save it yourself. Let me say it this way. Let me just, just get, let's just get real. The last thing I wanted to do in my life was preach. Why do you say that? Because I grew up a preacher's kid. Brother Sam, I saw the difficulty. I saw the hardship. I saw the times that my dad just went out of his way and sacrificed so much, even family time and our time, to make someone else happy for them to turn around and stab him in the back. To be at everybody else's problems but his own family's and then turn... I might be venting a little bit. I might need to... Cure some bitterness in my life. Amen. But I didn't want to be no preacher. Doing without poverty stricken. Oh, no, 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 no. Lord, no, no. I don't want to be no preacher. I want to be a veterinarian. They don't talk back. Say Amen. The last thing I wanted to do was be a preacher. Ask somebody else. Call somebody else. I'm shy. I'm intimidated. I don't even like people. (laughs) And you know what, though? Brother Sam, the moment I surrendered, I quit running because I just couldn't run no more. You know, the thing I enjoyed the most... Preaching the gospel. I can't wait. I can't wait. I mean, it's it's all I think about. Me and Tammy went on a date yesterday. Yes. Great. And all the way home, I was listening to preaching. Don't judge. I can't help it. It's just, it's all right. Tammy was on her little phone with shopping something. 
She was cool with it. Don't judge me. She was on that before I got on mine, all right? I was listening to Ravi Zacharias. If you ever hadn't heard him, you need to go listen to it. I mean, it's just all I know. It's my life. I'm surrounded by it. The last thing I wanted to do was surrender my life to that. But today, I I can't even, I would rather do that than breathe. My point is, when you deny yourself, you have no idea what a blessing it is to find out what he has for you. He says self-denial. Watch this, complete obedience. Complete obedience. I got to hurry. Say that, say that with me. Say it again. Say, say it again. You, you, you know what that means? That means some obedience is disobedience. You can't kind of follow him. Y'all with me? You can't kind of follow him. That's like you're kind of pregnant. <laughs> you either is or you ain't. That's why I called when, when Ken, uh, Jordan called me the other day. That day she went in. I, she, I could tell in her voice. I said, are you in labor? She said, kind of. <laughs> you're not kind of. You are. You ain't, woman. You can't kind of follow Jesus. You can't kind of obey him. You're in or you're out. Some obedience is disobedience. Say it with me. Some obedience. He said, you got to follow me. Jesus demands complete obedience. Watch this next one. He said, deny thyself. Take up your cross. That's an agreement to... to to, to deal with difficulty and suffering, to do what God's called you to do. The cross was his calling. But then I want you to see steadfast commitment. Steadfast commitment. Steadfast commitment. The Bible says, And they that gladly received his word, were baptized, and he added unto them. What did he do next? They continued, what's that next word? Steadfastly. They were committed. Now, now, now before you sh- shut your Bibles and your notes and all that, let's read. How many of y'all would agree that's a pretty, that's a pretty stout requirement? Completely deny yourself. Say, Lord, no longer my dreams, my desires, my wants, my wishes, all, whatever you want me to do, I'm in. No matter where, no matter when, no matter what, I'm in. I'm, come on now, y'all get, y'all get with me. There may be a half a percent of Christians who are doing this. So this is pretty stout, right? Now watch what he says. For whosoever will shall, and whosoever will for shall what? Watch this. Let me explain that. There are people running around trying to hold on to their wants and their desires and their wishes. And as the song says, it's like sand sifting through their fingers. 
They're trying to hold on to their, their idea of joy, their idea of peace, their idea of happiness. And like the sands, it's just falling through their fingers and they're grasping, trying to save it. And when you try to save, in other words, when you try to save your wants, the life that you think you need or that you want to live, when you try to save it, you'll... But if you'll surrender it. When, it, when he says, but those that lose it, that means they give it to him. I'm losing my right. I'm losing my right to my wants and my desires and my dreams. If you'll do that, then you will truly save it. Nikki Joe, when I was 17 years old, I gave up my rights to the future of my life. And I surrendered to God's will for my life. I was scared to death. But to be honest, it was like a 10-ton elephant was taken off my chest. I would have never dreamed in a million years what I have gained with what little bit I gave up. Don't be a sissy. Being a soldier has great rewards. We still got to win people, guys. Lost people, listen, lost people going to hell has not ceased to happen since COVID. They still need the gospel. Right? They still need the gospel. The need for the gospel has not gone away like the flu. Some of y'all catch that later. Anyway, God's called us to be soldiers, to endure the cross. Following Jesus means there's a confession. Following Jesus means there's a church. Following Jesus means that we have to deal with conflict, right? Following Jesus means there's a conclusion. He wants us to totally, completely sell out to him. And say, not my will, but thy will be done. If you're not doing that, you're not following him. If you're not doing that, you're not following him. Because he says, if any man, say it with me, if will come after me. You don't come to Jesus on your terms. You come in his terms. And his terms is complete obedience and self-denial. And all God's people say it.